half of you. How many of you know someone that you know needs one of these? Now you see the hands go up all over the place. This one man told me after the sermon, he said, my wife needs an extra big one. And she said, that's because I live with you. But um, now the message this morning I know you're going to be surprised about it, but it's going to be about no murmuring in your tents. And if we can ever get to the place after this message, I want you to live a life to where that you are watching your words. You're watching what you are saying because so many times we are hung by our tongue. Amen. We are hung by our tongue. Numbers, the 11th chapter, verse 1 said, And when the people, everybody say complained. This is in the Bible. Numbers 11 and 1. And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. How many here understand that there that you can displease the Lord? And the Lord heard it and his anger was kindled and the fire of the Lord burned amongst them and consumed them that were in the uttermost part of the camp. Now, you need to hear that. When the people complained, it displeased the Lord. He heard it, and his anger was kindled against them. In fact, he brought down fire, and he consumed the complainers. That's drastic. Now, when you complain, be sure that the Lord hears you. The Lord heard them complaining and the Bible says that it displeased the Lord and we do not need to make a habit out of displeasing the Lord. By the way, I was in Brother Gene's class this morning. He taught an excellent class and he was stomping all over my message and I'm going, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, how different would our speech be if we really considered that the Lord heard it, and if it displeased him, it would consume us with fire and burn us up. If we really believed that he would do that, I think that we would probably think twice about speaking. Amen? Being consumed with fire is a whole lot worse than being zapped by a complaint zapper. And do not come up to me after church and ask me, how you can get one of those things. There, it's a fictitious video, okay? But I had a little old lady wanting to know how she could get one, and I was like, get a dog collar. But um, anyway, I wonder how many times in one day, listen to me, people, one day would we be zapped by a complaint zapper just on the things that we say? Get out of the way! Or if the, that waitress, she's just too slow. The message is too long. Zap them, God. Zap them. 
These people had no reason for murmuring. You know why? Because God was among them and he was doing miracles on a daily basis. He was continually showing his goodness in their behalf. And God became frustrated toward them because of all of his kind, kindness that he was showing to them. And in return, all he got was ingratitude. I want to ask you a question. How would you feel if you were always doing great kind, great acts of kindness towards someone and all they ever did was complain or all you ever got in return was an ungrateful uh, spirit and murmuring? I can just hear those folks in the tent. I could just hear them complaining. Oh, Moses thinks he's all of that and a bag of chips and a bowl of grits. Come on. I can just hear them complaining against Moses. <clears throat> they complained and God burnt down the tents. Everyone say, no murmuring in your tents. Look at your neighbor and say, no murmuring in our tent. Numbers 14, 27, God asked a question. He said, how long will I bear with this evil congregation? Which murmur against me. I have heard the murmurings of the children, which they murmur against me. The word murmur is in there three times in one verse. He said, how long am I going to bear with this evil congregation? They murmur against me. I've heard their murmurings of the children of Israel, which they murmur against me. They murmured about not having food. So God rained down manna. He rained down quail until it was knee deep. I love quail. It was knee deep in the camp and they ate so much of it that they became sick and God in the Bible says it came out their nostrils. <laughs> it, it's in there. God said, because you've complained against me, none of you over the age of 20 will enter the land of Canaan. Now Matthew, the 12th chapter. <clears throat> Verses 34 through 37, words of Jesus. O generation of vipers, how can you be in evil? Speak good things. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you, that every idle word, everybody say every idle word, that men shall speak, they will give account thereof in the day of judgment, for by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Now Philippians, the fourth chapter, we know this as the verses that teach us what to think on. Philippians 4, 6 through 8. Be careful for nothing, but in everything. Everybody say everything. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, 
let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep, that is to maintain your heart and your minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, here we go. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report. God healed my back. He saved me. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, what did the word of God say to do? Think on these things. Quit thinking about the negative things in your life. Amen. So many times we need a checkup from the neck up. Amen. To get rid of our stinking thinking. The Bible is very clear about the things that we are to think on. What did it say? Think on things that are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, and of a good report. The Bible said to think on those things that are lovely. So about once a day, you've got to think about me. <laughs> that was good. Think on the things that are true and honest, just, pure, lovely, and have a good report. You need to confess every day the things that you have desire from the Lord. Salvation for your loved ones. Well, that ought to be number one on our list. Health and prosperity for you and your loved ones. You say, oh, Lord, here she's going to preach on prosperity. Oh, Sister Kay, do you believe in that prosperous life? I like it over the beggar's life. I'll tell you that right now. Amen. I heard somebody tell me one time I was, once I was uh, poor, I've been poor and I've been rich, and I like rich better. <laughs> I've not got to the rich part yet, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep on proclaiming it. Amen. One of these days, my ship's going to come in. I hope I ain't at the airport, but anyway. <laughs> but we don't only need to pray, you, you know, you need to pray daily for what you need, but you need to use your voice. You need to speak out as you think on these things. I wrote down a prayer that I like. For instance, for the glory of God the Father and my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, I say that my children are mighty men and women of God. My children are mighty men and women of God. Joy and gladness fill my heart, my soul, my life because Christ is Lord and Savior of my life. I am blessed coming in and going out. I am the head and not the tail. Amen. Amen. You agree with me on that. The Bible is a legal document and it is sealed by the blood of Jesus. And by believing and confessing the word of God... His word becomes reality in our life. We need to speak daily that I will let no corrupt communication come forth out of my mouth, but to that which is true and honest. Ephesians 4, 29 through 32 said, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. Edifying means to build one up that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Now when we speak hurtful words, 
we murmur or we complain, do you know what it does? It grieves the Holy Spirit of God. Verse 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking, evil speaking, be put away from you with all malice. And the Bible tells us what to do. Be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. How many here have ever needed forgiveness in your life? Amen. We need to forgive one another so that Christ will forgive us. So the question this morning is, do you edify or do you crucify? Do you edify or do you crucify? Do your words do one or the other? They either edify or they crucify. We need to encourage one another to speak, to speak things that edify others for the good of others and for your own good. This, there is a tendency, now listen to me, there is a tendency to become so familiar with people, whether it be your friends, your companion, your pastor, or other church leaders, that negative words can be spoken to them or even about them. Brother Gene taught on this this morning. To be become so familiar with them that you feel like that you can do and say whatever you want to comes into your mind about them. But we need to consider the consequences. God is not going to answer your prayer and your needs and bless you while you are really busy blessing someone else out. Amen. Now, you don't want God to burn down your tent, do you? Everybody say, no murmuring in tents. Here's a speech test. And since I've been preaching this, these three things have come out on, on Facebook. I see it quite frequently. I thought, well, praise the Lord. Somebody's getting the message. Here's a speech test. Whenever you are tempted to express something negative or hurtful or gossip or meaningless talk about some other person, ask yourself these three questions. Is it true? Is it edifying? And is it necessary? All right, now, number one, is it true? You say, yeah, buddy, it's true. Okay, but you can't stop there. Is it true? Even if it's true, you got to ask yourself, well, would it really be edifying for me to say this? Now, that normally stops it right there. But if that don't stop you, then is it true? Is it edifying? Is it really necessary? That right there ought to nip it in the bud, Barney. Nip it in the bud. Is it true? Is it edifying? Is it necessary? There have been times that I started to say something and the Spirit of the Lord speaks to me and says, is that really necessary? You know, God, it's not, and I'm sorry and I ain't saying it. Is it necessary? Go to Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter. This is a good verse. Deuteronomy 30, verse 14 through 16. But the word is very nigh unto thee. Where is it? In your mouth. And where else? That thou mayest do it. In your mouth and your heart. See, I have set before thee this day, what did he set? Life 
and good and death and evil. Verse 16, in that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply, and the Lord thy God shall do what? Bless thee in the land where thou goest to prosper it. Verse 19 and 20. He said, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. And then he said, choose what? Choose life that both thou and thy seed may live, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is the, thy life and the length of thy days. Now, there's a choice, a choice for you, and you're the only one that can make it. No one else can do it for you. And your choice can benefit your family. And it is to choose life, to speak life, to choose life, and to choose God. Now, if I was to pass out a questionnaire this morning, and it had on there, check whether you want life or death, check that, or check whether you want cursing. Do you want death and cursing? I would say 100% in their right mind would say, I want life. I don't want cursing. I don't, I don't want a curse on my life. I can tell you one way to get the curse off your life, and that's to pay your tithes, but that's another day. We all know what Proverbs 18 and 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. How is that? Have you ever spoken something harsh to somebody and you just saw that it just killed them? Not physically, drop over dead, but it just took all the joy from them. Have you ever walked up and said something nice to somebody and you just spoke life to them? Did you see their countenance, how it made them feel happy? Ramona made me feel good this morning. She walked up and she said, you've lost weight. How much weight have you lost? I said, I lost 15 pounds. Thank you for noticing. She spoke life into me. Now today I'm not going to eat that banana pudding because she spoke life <laughs> into me she encouraged me to keep on going amen I mean and in the last couple of months on this diet I've been hungry enough to eat the bark off a tree but I'm just sticking with it death and life are in the power of the tongue watch what you say not only to or about somebody but just in general in general watch what you say Life, death and life are in the power of the tongue. I'm never going to get a, another job that paid as good as that. You just spoke death into your life. Amen. 
you single girls, I am never, ever going to find the right man. You hang in there. Don't speak that. You say, I'm going to find the man that's going to pamper me. Amen. Y'all keep praying for my lost husband because I ain't found him yet. (laughs) Some people cannot fast because of health reasons. You know, in January we do that uh, 21-day fast. But I'm calling for a fast this morning that everybody can do. Everybody. It won't hurt your health. It will help your health. I am calling this morning for a fast of words, and not for 21 days, but for a lifetime. Because of negative words, families are divided, friends are separated, feelings offended, spirits wounded, prayers go unanswered, needs unmet, and healings bypassed because of thoughtless, piercing critical, negative words. Now, the devil will immediately make excuses for you uh, about your negative words. Here's some that I wrote down. Well, I'm just telling the truth. Well, you can just keep that little gem to yourself. Paul wrote for us to speak the truth in love. Remember your speech test. Is it true? Is it edifying and is it necessary? Just because it's true doesn't mean that it is edifying or necessary. Some so-called Christians gossip in what they consider a spiritual way. (laughs) Spiritually gossiping. They say, now I'm only going to tell you this because I want you to help me to pray about it. That is not true. They ain't even prayed about it. All they've done is spread it, and they want to spread it a little bit more. And they'll always say, now listen, don't tell anybody I told you, because they want to tell it. (laughs) And then another way that the devil, you know, will tell you, well, you're not gossiping, is, well, I'm just speaking my mind. If you're speaking your peace, P-E-A-C-E, then you don't share, you don't need to share a piece, P-I-E-C-E, of something that you can't spare. And that's a piece of your mind. You need every bit of it. A woman told John Wesley, my talent is to speak my mind. John Wesley said, woman, God wouldn't care a bit if you was to bear that talent. (laughs) Number three, well, you don't know what they did to me. I'll never forgive them. Well, Ephesians 4 and 32 said, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Number four, well, that's just the way I feel. And to say any other, it would just be a lie. Some simple solutions here is first, if that's the way you really feel, bring your old bad self to the altar and pray through. Secondly, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything. My mom always told us, if you can't say something nice about somebody, don't say anything at all. 
at this one mean man's funeral. I mean, he was mean as a junkyard dog. He never did anything good. He's always mean and hateful. The preacher asked, would anybody like to say something nice about him? Nobody. The preacher was getting nervous. He said, would somebody like to say something nice about old Joe? Finally, somebody stood up and said, you know, Joe, he could whistle good. <laughs> well, if that's all you can say nice about him, then, you know, that's just all you need to say. Amen. My mama always taught us, don't say negative things about people. So I'm challenging us, and not just me, but the Word of God challenges us to fast our negative words. Let's do our best not to utter a negative word from today on. And whenever you leave here and somebody starts speaking negative and complaining to you, just go zap. <laughs> you don't have to say anything else, just go zap. Amen. I believe that this time of sanctifying our speech will please the ears of God. And not only that, listen to me, it'll loose the chains that have people bound and heal wounds that seem to be incurable. I like this um, article that I read one time, so I stuck it in here. There is a church that fasted negative words. That church saw a miracle due in part to fasting negative words. A man in that church who was a faithful member contracted cerebral palsy. His health was failing and he was in a terrible shape. But during one service, this man was totally healed of cerebral palsy. God honored their faith and obedience and their fasting of negative words. Amen. I heard one minister once say, if you complain, you remain. Just keep on complaining, complaining. Complaining never changes things. Just complain and remain. So how do you fast negative words? Well, I'm glad you asked. First of all, when you hear gossip or negative speaking, don't repeat it. Well, if it's true, it's not gossip. Well, that's not true. Gossip is anything that has the intent to be negative, slanderous, or hurtful about someone. Furthermore, when someone is gossiping, Walk away. You heard that old saying says, walk away and nobody will be hurt. Just walk away. Tell them that you're fasting negative words. And remember, please remember this. You know it's true. If a person will talk to you about someone, they'll talk to someone about you. It's the honest gospel truth. It is so true. So when you're tempted to complain about something, what you have or what you don't have, what you do or what you can't do, where you are or where you're not, be thankful that you're not homeless, jobless, starving, in a hospital, in a war, or gone a week without any money in your pocket. Amen. We have got a lot to be thankful for in the United States of America. No murmuring in my tents. This is a sad but a true story. On a short missionary trip, a pastor was leading worship in a leper colony. A woman who had been facing away from the pulpit turned around. The pastor said 
It was the most hideous face I had ever seen. The woman's nose and ears were entirely gone. She lifted up a fingerless hand in the air and asked, Pastor, can we sing Count Your Many Blessings? Overcome with emotion, the pastor left the service. He was followed by a team member on the trip who said, I guess you'll never be able to sing that song again, Pastor. He said, yes, I will, but I'll never sing it the same way again. We have a lot to be thankful for. No murmuring in the tents. When you start to complain about someone or find fault with them or point out their negative characteristics, try to think about something good in that person. Everyone has something positive in them. Tell, tell the person next to you, there really is something good about you. Some of y'all ain't doing it. Tell them until you showed up. Come on. That's the best looking thing here. <laughs> Tell them you are already blessed because you sat next to me. <laughs> we need to begin building a habit of saying something good to people. Build one another up just like um, the Bible tells us to edify one another. It will change your outlook on people. And guess what? It'll change you. Proverbs 26 and 20 said, there, Where no wood is. Where no wood is. And most of y'all burn wood in, a, in your heater. Where no wood is, there the fire goes out. So where there is no tailbearer, the strife ceases. I grew up with wood burning. I grew up, that's the only way in Northern California we heated was with a wood heater. And then when I moved to Arkansas and I bought my house, I had a wood stove, a warm morning, installed in my house. I love wood heat. I don't like this other kind of heat, but I love wood heat. That's another reason I need to move to Huddleston because we have, y'all have wood heat. And so whenever I had this wood heat, you know, I would at night, I would stoke it up. Y'all know what stoking a stove is. Put that wood in there and shut that damper down. Next morning you get up and you stir it up and there's some live coals in there. You, you throw your smaller wood in there, your kindling, and then all of a sudden you hear the snap, crackle, and pop and you thought it was your back, but it was the fire. And it begins to burn all over again. So what does that scripture say? Where no wood is, there the fire goes out. And where no tailbearer is, there the strife ceases. So you quit stirring things, things will die down. Somebody tell me amen. So are you wood for the fire or are you water from the well of living water? I got two scriptures and I'm going to close I heard somebody say the other day when a preacher kept saying, 
I'm fixing to close, I'm fixing to close, I'm fixing to close. They said, how many doors does that message have? <laughs> well, I've got two more scriptures. Ecclesiastes, the fifth chapter. Do y'all have that to put on the board? Ecclesiastes 5, 1 and 2. Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God and be more ready to what? Than to give the sacrifice of fools. For they consider not that they do evil. Be not rash with what? Everybody say thy mouth. Be not rash with thy mouth. And let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven and thou upon the earth. Therefore let thy words be how many? Few. Few. Have you ever heard somebody say about another person, you know, they are a man or they are a... No, I've never heard anybody say they're a woman of few words. But they are a man of few words. You've ever heard somebody say that? But when they speak, it's like E.F. Hutton. People listen. That's kind of what this scripture is saying here. Don't be rash with your mouth. And don't be hasty to utter anything before God because God is in heaven he's listening and we're on the earth so therefore let thy words be few so when you leave here and you get in your car and if you go to a restaurant or your house to eat I'm going to ask you not to complain about this message <laughs> amen I'm going to I'm going to close with Psalms 19 Charlie, if you could get us some music. Psalms 19 and 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Let the words of this right here, my mouth, and the meditate. What do you meditate during the day? What do you meditate on? What do you meditate on? What is your mind fixed on? Let the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. From this point on, The Word of God gives you a challenge. A challenge to fast your negative words. Sometimes it's harder than it is at other times. But it is possible. Watch your mouth. What you say is influence. It's going to be good or bad influence what you say with your mouth. Would you stand with me? And you say, man, this is a different way. Hey, if we can get our mouth under control, we're going to have the greatest revival you've ever seen. If we can speak the positive things and speak the things of the Lord, you're going to see this revival break forth. If everybody speaks to God more than they speak to others, amen, you're going to see things happen. I, want, I know it's a little bit, it's 5 after 12, and I know it, but I want us to just take time right now to find a place 
I don't care if you come to the altar, if you kneel at your seat, I don't care. But let's find a place and let's just talk to the Lord. Can we do that? Come on, let's step out and just start finding a place and ask the Lord, how is my speech? How is my speech? Is it pleasing to you, Lord?